Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Hi everyone from Girl Next Door. How are you doing this week? We're so glad to have you back. Um, If you are brand new to the podcast, you've actually come right in the middle of a really interesting, fascinating PG, maybe M-rated series called The Sexual Gospel, where I've been having some really incredible chats with a good friend of mine, Nikki, who teaches on this subject better than anybody I know. So just to do a a real quick recap, um, the very first episode was one that I just did on my own, talking about how um, posting sexualized and explicit material on social media is actually harmful to us. So go back and listen to that. And then Nikki came on board and we talked about what is the sexual gospel. And then next episode, we moved into how sex is like super glue, incredible on body and soul. Um, Then we talked about virginity and purity, which was an amazing discussion that we ended up having about the difference and where it comes from. And we talked about purity culture and toxic purity culture. So welcome back again, Nikki. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's really good. Thank you for doing so many. You know, I've never had a guest do so many episodes with me ever. It's my pleasure. I mean, you need a lot to sort of cover this terrain though, don't you? Um, yes, we really do. And it was something that I've been asked about for a long time. Um, because like I said, at the start, this is for two lots of people. It's for, I mean, look, it's for a a lot of people, but it's for yourself personally, but also for youth pastors, leaders, or anyone who's a leader trying to teach this to young people, but also for parents. Super. I mean, you've said so many things that I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's really good tools for parents as well. Um, so today we're going to talk about boundaries for dating. Yes. Boundaries. So, boundaries. Well, dating's actually changed a lot, I reckon. Like yeah. this is probably something that I know I'm going to get lots of listeners on this whole topic. You just say the word sex and people listen, but then you say the word dating and everyone's listening also. Yeah. Yes, and especially like um, Christians and not even just Christians, but like it is such a gray area for people. Yeah. Like biblically, it's a gray area because yeah. there's no dating chapter in, a, in the Bible. There's a love chapter, and the Bible talks about relationship and friendship and like betrothal, you know, like the engagement period. But there's right. nothing dating, and and people like it just it makes me laugh every time. They're like, "Is dating biblical?" <laughs> No, well, they get married. They got married when they were like 12, 13 or 14. Mary was between the age of 12 or 14. And it's like, what? Yeah. And it was like arranged marriage is the culture of the Bible and all this stuff. So we have to remind ourselves, like even straight off the bat here, we are speaking into a subculture that is created and it's predominantly a Western subculture. It's a category that we've created between friendship and engagement that actually didn't exist in biblical right. So true. So yes. Because so I, I am sorry. No, no, go on, go on. Oh, I was going to say I watched Eat Pray. I watched Eat Pray Love the other day for the first time. I mean, the movie is probably like ten years old with Julia Roberts. It's really good. Is it good? I've really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I, I really did. But there was one part where she had gone to India and she made friends with this young girl, but this young girl was forced to marry a guy, um, you know, because it was still arranged marriage in that culture. And it was fascinating watching her character, Julia Roberts, trying to help that young girl walk through that. And I thought, wow, we really do see things through our lens, which is our Western culture. Yeah, absolutely. Are you going to talk about that? Like what even is the purpose of dating? Like now I'm beginning to think arranged marriages are looking more awesome for my kids. (laughs) As long as the people arranging them have have the right heart. Um, Arranged marriage was predominantly an economical decision in, in, you know, ancient Greco-Roman and, and, you know, ancient Israel. Um, In the ancient Near East in those times it was about economics and, and, it was a financial decision more than anything else. And so we there's nothing wrong with the fact at all that we marry for love. Absolutely. Like it's it reflects this this covenant relationship even more. Um, but at yeah, at the same time there is definitely wisdom in getting your family and your community's input when it comes to, you know, who we are spending the rest of our lives with as well. But, but yeah, in, in pursuing the romantic love, it, it has sort of created this subculture of dating. And so obviously we don't have all the time in the world to go into that. But when people ask me, you know, is dating biblical? It sort of puzzles me because I'm like, okay, well, it's not in the Bible. So I suppose the question becomes, is your dating biblical? Right activity is your is my surfing biblical you know like am I using people out in the surf or am I just like engaging in the theology of play and having fun because God created me to have fun um is my you know is my driving biblical or am I getting road rage and (laughs) you know so it's it's like I don't think I, I never did the dating thing um and some people have different labels as well and that's where this gets complicated and people write books on dating and I'm like okay well what dating means to me might be different to what dating means to you what's like do we call it dating do we call it courting like what do we call it and so people get all hung up on, on labels and things like that but I think when we just come back to simple biblical principles and wisdom a lot of that stuff is cleared up I love your intro. This is awesome. I've never, <laughs> I've never thought about that before. Like, is my driving biblical? Is my like? That's so true. So, um, what what is your? Tell me then, because this is the other thing I get asked a lot by by young girls is how difficult it is in church world because um, often guys just don't ask the girls out or and I'm like yeah but probably because there's also a good gossip mill happening in church world and if a guy asks a girl for coffee then the gossip mill usually has them married off before they even pay the bill yeah and honestly that was just never my experience in church at all like I never no no one did anything but celebrate me and Paul getting together and it was just it was actually a funny story like when we finally got together we found out like everyone was waiting like five years for it to happen and Paul happened to be preaching that Sunday that we finally like got together and he had Love is in the Air play over the PA oh no way he got me up the front and started to waltz with me and then our senior pastors got up and started waltzing and then the old couple got up and started waltzing and before we knew it everyone's just waltzing to love is in the air before Paul preached his message and that was how we introduced to the church that we were dating was that the first you knew of it 
Hey. Was that also the first that you knew well, of 100%. it? 100%. I was <laughs> so surprised, but it was it was the best. It that is hilarious. awesome. So it what is your definition of dating? Like what do you think dating is or is for? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's a whole nother story. Um, but I'll go, in, uh, yeah, I'll go into that. I'll go into that. But why don't I, before I talk about what dating is, I might talk about what a boundary is. Okay. You know, so we're talking about boundaries in dating today. And, um, and so first of all, let's talk about what a boundary is and then we will apply that to the context of dating and that might help us figure out what dating is. Great. Okay. Good. So, you know, and this is a question I get asked all the time is boundaries, like what are boundaries, how do I do it? Like, and so, you know, what is a boundary? Well, in the physical world, um, boundaries are actually really easy to see. They're all around us. And so this is why it's so important. We we have signs and fences and walls and, you know, manicured lawns and you know, hedges around gardens. There's boundaries everywhere. And, and even though they have different appearances, they all send the same message. And that message is, this is where my property begins. This is what I own. Okay. So boundaries are define a sense of ownership in that sense. And, um, you know, it defines what you are responsible for, okay? So, you know, what I'm responsible for and what my neighbour next door is responsible for is defined by the fence boundary that runs between our houses, okay? So I'm not going to go mow their lawn, all right? That's not my <laughs> responsibility, right? Skin. Skin is the most basic boundary that defines you, you know? It, we even use it as a metaphor, you know, for saying things like, oh, that person's really got under my skin, you know, when they've violated our boundaries. And so, you know, skin keeps the good in and the bad out. It holds our blood and bones together, It, you know, in, and, and it keeps germs out and it protects us from infection. All these things are boundaries. And I guess what I'm doing right now is showing the vision for why boundaries are really awesome and what they do. Yeah, um, yeah. And so physical boundaries mark visible property lines, okay, that someone holds the deeds to, okay. Yeah. And in the spiritual world, um, boundaries are just as real. They're just harder to see, all right? And so in reality, these boundaries that we're going to talk about today, they're going to define your soul, like define you, where you begin and, and help you guard and maintain your heart. And, you know, I've quoted this. I think I've quoted this scripture a few times on our podcast, but I'll do it again because we're in a new podcast and it's Proverbs 4 verse 23 and it says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life, okay? Yeah. So your heart and the condition of, and we talked about that last podcast, is going to determine the course of your life. Um and so before I start talking about implementing boundaries and, and what they might look like in the context of dating in a relationship, um, we have to understand that anything, 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 anything that has value also has boundaries. That, that's, the, that's the change agent. So the very existence of boundaries around something, okay, is going to tell us that whatever is inside those boundaries is of value boundaries communicate value mm. all right so the role of boundaries in our relationships in our lives in our in the physical world in the soul world whatever it's it's going to ultimately protect the valuable thing inside them so suddenly boundaries are starting to seem pretty good to me okay yeah. 
Yeah, so you think, you know, I think I've spoken about this at the Academy, but you think of those spy movies that you watch and, you know, where they try and, like, steal the giant diamond or big jewel in the middle of the, the museum and um, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's guarded by all these ropes and lasers and security cameras and security guards and, and um, in, it's inside this big glass case and, and basically nobody can get to the jewel. No one can get to it because it's surrounded by boundaries. It's got all these boundaries around it that you got to get through and the only person who can touch the jewel is the person who can be trusted with it, who is trustworthy, 100% certain they will not steal the jewel, they won't damage it, they won't misuse and abuse it, they won't use it and sell it for selfish gain, they're going to make sure their hands are clean and they're not going to get mud all over it, okay? And usually that's like the museum owner or like an absolute professional who has undergone the process, keyword process, of proving they are trustworthy. So now we get to dating. You asked me before, what's dating? Dating um, is the process of proving you are trustworthy. All right? That is amazing. (laughs) I just had to say that before I got to that. (laughs) I'm not going to give my definition now. I'm adopting yours. (laughs) So so you can call it whatever you want. You can call it courting. You can call it friendship. For me and Paul, it was actually friendship. We became best friends. You can call it whatever you want. You're such a hippie. <laughs> no, I'm such a hippie in so many ways. And I wasn't even born here. You I'm do live in Byron. We're like the Britain of Australia. And somehow <laughs> I got to Mum Bimby in Byron Bay. But, um, okay, so you really want, just so you know, you really want the person you marry to be someone who has proven that mm. they are trustworthy with the most valuable thing that you hold, and that is your heart. There is yeah. nothing more valuable. You know, it is, it, like I've mentioned before, it's the eternal part of us. And, and you know, like I said, you can call it whatever you want, but, but it's a, we must undergo a process where, with people um, to prove that they are trustworthy mm. and you can call it dating, you can call it courting, you can call it friendship. Um, and if they've proven, like the museum owner or like the professional security guard in the museum, whatever, if they've proven that trust and that integrity and that ability, then you can let them all the way in. You can give them access, but do not give them access right up front. No, 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 not everybody gets access to the diamond. And this is where boundaries come in. Yeah. Um, and, and that proving, that proving of trust and integrity requires a process. And, and that's what people ask me. People ask me, how long should people date or be engaged for before, I, before they get married? I've been asked that so many times, like, give me a timeline, give me a rule. And I just refuse to draw lines where the Bible doesn't put any in. There's no chapter or verse. Because for some people, that process is going to take longer. And for some people, it's going to be very short, that proving of trustworthiness and and it really depends on your unique circumstance and yeah. personality and upbringing and past experience. For me and Paul, yeah. we, like me and Paul, we, um, it's so hard, like, it's so hard to define our experience because there's like, people don't, they try and view it through this culture, this subculture of dating, but we never really dated. Like we were friends for two and a half years. And then I suppose we courted for three months till we got engaged so we, we courted for three months, got engaged, and we were engaged for four months, and then we were married. Yeah, right. It's the best marriage. Like it's yeah. just like a downhill bike ride. It's easy and it's not labour-intensive because, because though, 
that two and a half years, three years of friendship building was a process of trust building. Yes. We just chose not to date and we chose not to dive into like a, like a boyfriend, girlfriend thing. And so I'm not drawing laws for other people, but I'm just saying the process, it's just a process of trust and you can put different labels on it and it looks unique, but this is what is happening. Yeah. So in saying that and interrupt me whenever you need to, Renee, or whenever you want to. Yes. Um, You're doing good. Okay, great. (laughs) The, The higher the value of something, the more protection required is essentially what I'm saying. Yes. And the more protection and vigilance, the Bible says, to protect and guard it. Okay. Yeah. That's why it's saying guard your heart above right. everything else. Okay. It's valuable. Yeah. And, um, to guard, a guard is a person who keeps watch, a yeah. person assigned to protect or control access to a place. Yeah. So, you know, and, and so when we implement boundaries in our relationships, um, with dating or otherwise, actually, we're actually protecting our heart and doing what the Bible tells us to do, we're controlling the access because yeah. not everybody gets access. And and we, listen, we protect what we value. I have a lock on the front door of my house because I value the people and the possessions inside. I don't actually care much for the exterior of the house. It's, we're renting. It's quite ugly. But I, I, <laughs> I, I, I value what's inside the house. Yeah. And not everybody gets access to my house. Only yeah. safe people get access. I only unlock the door for safe people. Intruders are not safe people. Yeah. An intruder is someone who violates my boundaries and values by breaking into my house and is likely to rob me. Yeah. So and people get robbed in relationships. Yes. Because they allow intruders to come in and steal. Yeah. And, and they don't have these solid relationship boundaries. They don't have a sturdy front door with a lock, a good lock that opens and closes i'm not saying to shut your life off to people but you need a door that opens and closes so what you're actually talking about is who you even choose to allow to i'll use the word date but Mm -hmm. being being so careful who you even allow to go on that journey of that process with to begin with Absolutely, absolutely, and this is why in another podcast we'll probably talk about seasons of singleness because that's where you figure out what your standards are and what your values are and you right. build that foundation, right? It's the foundation under the house, you know what I mean? And so so if you don't have a door that opens and closes and has a lock, you know, you're just going to let anyone in who, mm. who don't respect you, who don't value you, who force entry. And anyone who forces entry you can guarantee has selfish motivation and and not having good boundaries in our relationships gives selfish people easy access yeah. to you and your treasures yeah and and your value and and that's what we really call getting used by someone yeah that's kind of another way of saying we're getting used and, yeah. and a user is a selfish person yeah and it's it's like we become instead of becoming a home and a house like a temple of the Holy Spirit, we become a petrol station. People just rock up, get what they need and leave. Right. And when we're not a petrol station, we're a temple with gates. Right. And I, so this is my parenting way of saying this to Georgia. This is what I've said her whole, like going through high school, be the girl that no guy can have. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that basically is don't be the petrol station. Yes. And she was the girl that all the guy want, guys wanted and still do. And, and she's just merrily going along her way, living her life, loving God, studying, doing whatever, not knowing that her value is not tied up. 
in a guy or in dating. Um, But I love what you're saying because I actually went into this podcast thinking we were talking about actual what when we're in a dating relationship well, but yeah, I do intend to which we will get to oh yeah but yeah. you what you have just said Nikki is gold like oh my gosh for any girl that's not dating anyone this is parent this is this is so crucial and, the guys, pers- and, guys. and guys and guys the person you choose to allow into this process mm-hmm. can literally change your life for good or for bad so being so intentional yeah, absolutely. And and see, this is the thing. This is where the purpose of boundaries comes in because the purpose of boundaries is not for restriction. It's for protection. Yes. And, and act, protection brings freedom, okay? So, yeah. but here's the thing. You'll only guard yourself, your heart, your sexuality. You'll only guard something to the degree that you value it. Right. And if people don't respect themselves and if they don't value themselves, they tend to have very little boundaries because they don't think themselves worthy to be honoured and protected, all right? So if there's anyone listening in on this podcast, if you have breath in your lungs right now, no matter where you come from or what your belief system is, you actually are made in the image of God, Christian or non-Christian, male or female. The fact that you are made in the image of God ascribes you the most honour, worth, value and dignity possible. And so if you value yourself, you are more likely to protect and guard yourself okay and we won't safeguard or protect our sexuality if we don't realize its inherent value in the first podcast or the second I think we talked about the value of it um and so we won't safeguard our bodies if we don't value our bodies we won't lay down boundaries in our relationships if we don't value ourselves so Mm. so what what are boundaries protecting us from as well we've talked about intruders um and when it comes to romantic relationships one thing that I touched on is intimacy okay and one of the biggest mistakes I think we can make when it comes to dating boys and girls is getting too intimate too soon Mm. all right intimate Intimate is not just intimacy is not just a sexual thing. People just identify it with um, sex. It's actually about closeness. That word. It's about closeness. Um, and if you get too close too soon, you can entrust your heart to someone who hasn't actually earned that trust. Okay, so that's why we need the process. <laughs> and you know, sex isn't actually the only thing reserved for marriage. It's where people get confused. It's actually a certain level of intimacy between two people that is also reserved for marriage. And it's not just sexual. Sex is like a physical outworking of it. It expresses this deep intimacy. Um, but we can also get intimate in other ways. And I think that's where boundaries come in when it comes to dating and relationships and because it's natural to be drawn to each other. To, if we're attracted to each other, we've got a crush on one another. You know, we want to be close when we have a crush on someone and the butterflies are going and the hormones are like, Whoa, okay. But intimacy is an incredible thing and we're designed for it. Um, and it actually reflects the kind of our relationship with God and what we're designed for there. Um, but we don't want to get too intimate too soon. And there's a level of intimacy that is reserved for marriage and it's not just sexual it's emotional it's all these things so so we'll talk about that we'll talk about Mm. the kinds of boundaries we can have in our dating relationships yeah Um, shall we move shall we move into that one should we like give us yeah do you want to give us some examples of the kinds of boundaries so once we've decided yeah we're going to let this person in on the process Mm -hmm. and 
Uh, I think it's important to include, like you said, people that you love and trust, family or, you know, whoever you've got in your life. Um, So once we're dating, talk to us about boundaries in dating, like examples. Yes. Okay. So how do we, how do we, how do we lay down boundaries and how do we safeguard and protect and, and all those things while we're in the midst of this process? So obviously having physical boundaries is a pretty obvious one for most you know, Bible-believing people or not. You know, it's pretty obvious. Um, but it's not limited to sexual boundaries. Um, most of us know who, you know, that crossing sexual boundaries before marriage um, for the Christian worldview is an obvious no-no. Um, but we have to remember that certain levels of touch are like a stone's throw away from that too. And so we've got to tread that water carefully and know where to draw the line. And that includes masturbation. That includes, you know, it includes lying on the couch together under a blanket in the dark with no one home. Okay. It might be innocent, but you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for sexual sin. Like you're just making it hard for yourself. Right. So I'm not drawing a law around that. I'm just like, don't make it hard for yourself. Okay. When he smells your perfume, it's just going to, you know, he's just going to lose his mind. Right. So just like keep a healthy distance as you build trust. Um, Emotional boundaries is a big one because, you know, you might not cross sexual boundaries before you get married, but you can certainly cross emotional ones for sure. And and it's a thing. Like people have emotional affairs, you know, like yes. it's a thing in culture. So because we have to remember, like I said, intimacy is emotional. It's not just sexual. It's an emotional thing. And, and you can become really intimate with someone on an emotional level, which is fine until you marry someone else. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I just, like, made so many emotional bonds with these previous partners and I'm not married to them now. And so, you know, there are details about me that only my husband knows and that actually makes him special and set apart from everybody else in the Mm. world. There's a level of my life that I've let him into and given him access to that makes him special. And so I think if we come into dating with the mindset that we want our future spouse to know the innermost parts of our heart, you know, we want to reserve this special level of intimacy for them, we might refrain from divulging certain really intimate details yeah. with and having a bunch of DNMs with guys. Like, you know, we we might reserve those kind of conversations for our girlfriends and our siblings and our parents and our pastors and people like that. Girls are Um, good at that though. Yeah. And you'll like, I've seen it a million times where like girls will have DMs with all these guys, but an emotional bond is made and then it gets really weird when they end up with someone else. And, um, and it's, it's just like, it's kind of simple as keep it lighthearted and fun until trust is built, Mm. you know, like, like just, don't um don't make these really intense emotional bonds straight off the bat it's just it's just going to make it hard for yourself um and then of course you have social boundaries which is kind of linked to this one social boundaries boundary <laughs> boundaries are usually always crossed when you are hidden from the sight of others <laughs> <laughs> when you are alone with each other True. okay because we're all human when we don't have the accountable accountability of other people's eyeballs um and so hanging out in groups social groups is like a really great way 
to build this trust, you know, to do the dating process, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a really great way to free us from the pressure of getting to know someone in a romantically charged environment because in a romantically charged environment our hormones go crazy and this thing happens called focalism in our brains where it literally, like Andy Stanley talks about it, you focus on is basically love is blind is a real thing and we look at this person through rose-coloured glasses to the exclusion of everything else. Right. Yeah, it's a thing. You can read about it. And And then you can't make um, solid decisions, objective decisions. We we are not looking rationally. This is where your friends and your pastors and your leaders come in and your family's opinion comes in because because the hormones – it, they they blind us to people's faults, okay? And this is called focalism and it happens. It's a real thing. And so when, if you hang out in groups, it's really handy to see the way they interact with other people and it's really great for your friends to see what they're truly like. So if he's rude to his friends and is not rude to you, if he's rude to his friends and his mum but he's nice to you, he's just rude. Because how he treats others, he'll treat you one day too. Or if she's mean, if she's rude to the waiter, she's just not nice. Yeah. Okay. Like, and this is where social boundaries come in. Like, my, like, and if you do hang out exclusively, I'm not, just, I'm not like outlawing anything, but just think public places yeah. like the beach and the cafe and the shopping mall. Yeah. Like, a good distance from the back seat of the car like if if that's if you're trying to safeguard your sexuality those are just my suggestions yeah. like Paul and I fell yeah. in love surfing together and having coffee at the top shop in Byron Bay and all the staff were just oh, like oh I love the top shop at Byron Bay oh yes so it's- do I and they were all just like, when are these guys like, they literally watched us fall in love. And so we certainly did not feel like we needed to hang out in the backseat of a car or like yeah. in a private place to <clears throat> fall in love. We fell yeah. in love in the public. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it felt safe. There's no pressure in yeah. that environment to, to do what you don't want to do or live up to an expectation. Um, and then, and then there's mental boundaries, which is a super, super important one. Mm. Um, we, boundaries are certainly not restricted to our actions and we're kidding ourselves if we think they are. Um, don't let your feelings rule your thought life because they'll try to. And obviously it's fun to daydream about your crush. Like everyone does that, you know, and, um, but, but guard your thoughts like you guard your pin number okay, on your bank card because because if you invest a lot of fantasy and imagination and thoughts into someone, you'll feel like a mental void when it's over, you know, if it's over. Yeah. It, there'll be like a hole in your mind where you've just invested so much, so much thought into them and you'll create an unhealthy mental attachment which right. will make it hard to let go and hard to be uh, stand by your convictions and right. again Jesus connects our thoughts and our behavior in Matthew 5 he's like even anyone who even looks at a woman with lust in his heart commits adultery right. so he's like connecting what we think and what we do so you can sin in your mind and and so we've got to put boundaries around our thinking too that's how we have boundaries and you know boundaries are going to help transform our mind yeah and, um, and then the last boundary I would say, and this is an interesting one, I always get asked about this one, is um, spiritual boundaries. Right. And what I would say, there's, there's, we don't have time to say a lot about that today, so I'll just say this, that, um, you know, the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked. 
And that's a spiritual boundary. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. And so, and and this is this is fair to both parties there, okay, because yeah. people ask me this all the time. Yeah. And it's like here's, here's what I would say to that. Um, a yoke hitched two animals together of the same kind in the Old Testament. That's where that's where that sort of phraseology comes from. And and in the Old Testament, it was they were literally not allowed to hitch two animals together of different species. You wouldn't, the legislation didn't allow it. You could not hitch a donkey to an ox um, because they wouldn't be equally yoked. Uh, they have a different foundation and a different nature. Okay, and so if you yoked two different animals together with different natures, it would be unfair to both animals because if you yoke a donkey and an ox, they'll go at different speeds in different directions and the donkeys are stubborn and so they probably want to stop and the ox is trained to keep plodding along and donkeys are created to carry loads and oxes are trained to plough soil. So, so anyone in Christ is a new creation. The Bible says when we're saved, we become, we get a new nature. We become a new creature. And, and if you're a different creation, dating someone who isn't a Christian is like dating another species. They just have a different, they're in a different kingdom. We, they, you, they have a different nature to you and they orientate around a different value system and they're, they're going to head in a different direction. And so it's unfair to them and it's unfair to you to yoke yourself with them. And if you to yoke our lives with someone who isn't a believer is like yoking two different animals together. Like it's just it's going to lead to one of two things. You'll compromise. Yeah. and go in their direction or you'll impose behaviour modification, which is legalism, on them to conform to your standards. Wow. And that's better either party. So my spiritual boundary there would be to be equally yoked with your partner and orient- and that and that's not just restricted to two Christians. Like, oh, we're both saved. Like I would not yoke a new convert to a seasoned believer. Right. That new convert needs time to fall in love with Jesus first. Yeah. And, and you could be a distraction to them, you know. Yeah. Like you want to make sure whoever you're marrying and yoking yourself with, they're, they're orientated around the same values and headed in the same direction and going after the same things. Like look at you and Cam, you're going after the same things. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you have to have the same hobbies. And yeah, you have no. To, and no, but just that you want to be going in the same yeah. direction at the same speed. And I am seeing this more and more Nikki um young people that I they've served God for a long time they've you know called God on their life and they're tracking along beautifully and they're in church and living their lives well and then they get a girlfriend or a boyfriend I've seen this a lot even recently and the girlfriend or boyfriend are amazing and they're beautiful people but they're not in church but they've had some sort of experience in church maybe growing up and so then the person justifies it and then without fail, either the relationship breaks up because, like you said, I've never heard anyone say it that way before. One of two things happens. Either you end up imposing your belief system on them or your um, lifestyle on them or you compromise. And I've seen both happen. Yes. It's like yoking a Clydesdale and a racehorse. Yeah. One just wants to run and one – they're not just – they're not – they don't have yeah. different – they have different natures. They're not going to do the same thing. And you're setting yourself up for conflict mm. and strife. And that's why the Bible just says be equally yoked, you know. Which, again, you've just explained so beautifully what some people have just seen to become as this hard and fast Christian rule. 
Yeah, totally. It's like, no, 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 this is about honouring people. And 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 speaking of that, just as we finish, um, just people always ask me when it comes to boundaries, well, how far is too far? Mm. It's always without fail every time that question box gets put out at youth group, that is like. Or oh, every time. Every time, even at the academy, like some people ask how far is too far because uh, <laughs> nobody really knows. And um, I always say, you know, and I'll say it again, if you're asking that question, you're probably coming from the wrong angle anyway because you're basically mm. saying when you ask that question, how far can I go to not sin but still gratify my desires? And <laughs> it's a self-orientated question. It's orientated right. around self. You know, you you want to know where the line is so that you can go as close to it as possible while safeguarding your sense of purity. Right. And and we should probably be asking the question, what completely and wholeheartedly honors and esteems and safeguards this person? How can I protect this person's heart? How can I safeguard their body and soul and spirit? Because that question becomes a lot easier to answer and that doesn't need a lot of rules. You can't legislate love or honour. So I don't need to give you a bunch of rules and draw lines around stuff like how far is too far. No, no, how do I honour this person, which includes honouring and promoting their relationship with Jesus because our job is to disciple each other and lead each other close to Jesus. Um, Am I bringing this person closer to Christ and my conduct? Or am I distraction? Like you just said, you just put it so well. Um, and, and I can't tell you where that line is because that's the Holy Spirit thing. So you better cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit yes. because he's the one who's going to tell you where that line is and tell you when you're not honouring a person. And, 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 you know, and I've said it before, like until you're at the marriage altar, they're not yours. Yeah. So the way you interact with them, just remember you, you could be interacting with someone else's future spouse. And so my advice would be, rather than making a law, my advice would be is the way you're doing relationship with this person and conducting yourself, um, is it in a way that if they did marry someone else, you could look their future spouse in the eye and shake their hand and hold your head high and know that you stewarded that person's heart in a way that, that honors them. Yeah. Yeah. That is so good. I was taking notes again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> taking notes on my own podcast. Absolutely. I love that. I oh. thought you were taking this time like, oh my gosh, stop rambling. No, no. See, when a convo, like sometimes I do do 40 minute um, yeah. episodes, which this one is, because I know that this will have people's attention right to the end because it's. Yeah, yeah, because they're just genuinely like questions that people always ask and they want to know like. Yeah. And people people come up with questions. They're like, well, it's not in the Bible. Where does it say in the Bible that that you you can't live with someone before marriage? Or, or where, where does it say that there's no command that says specifically I can't snuggle in bed with my boyfriend at night with no one in the house? And I'm like, okay. There's no biblical principle. There's no there's no chapter and verse for that, but there is a biblical principle that tells us not to go into environments that make us vulnerable. Yeah. There's a biblical principle there. Yeah. Not to willingly put ourselves in environments that are going to tempt us and test us. And the Bible says don't test the Lord either. And don't lead yourself into temptation. You're supposed to pray, deliver me from temptation. Yeah. You know I mean? There's no specific scripture saying alcoholics shouldn't have their connect group in a pub. Okay, but there's a wisdom principle there. I don't need a chapter and a verse to say that. Like the Bible that you know, the Bible says that the Lord will catch you if you fall, but we shouldn't jump off a cliff. It also says to 
across the Lord. So I guess when it comes to saying how far is too far and things like that, uh, rather than create laws that aren't specifically in the Bible, I would encourage, encourage people, like you're saying, to find out how to best serve and love people and set you both up to win, you know, and be not be led by rules but be led by love. And I think, I think those are the questions that people are really asking. So good. Not led by rules but led by love. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I know that after this one we're going to get a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, and so I will let those questions flow in. Um, and then I feel like I need – you know, in those newspapers that have a Dear Abby column where you could write yeah. in and she would, you probably don't know what, we need a Dear Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> dear Nikki, I have this problem. Yeah. <laughs> I like this guy and he doesn't like me back. Oh, we could do an episode on that. You should see my inbox. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you yeah, make so much sense when you talk about this stuff and, um, you know, I think you give answers like no one I've heard. Like even when you were talking about the the two animals not being yoked together, that made so much sense. I was like, yep. I think because I've like had emails from people who I know or don't know from like, you know, all over the world actually, England, Texas, whatever, and they share their stories and I really was like, okay, I have to – when you're given a unique story, like an actual someone's life, it, it doesn't become about blanket rules for people. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, like empathy says, what would I do in this person's shoes? And mm-hmm. I was like passionate to find an answer when you hear people's stories mm-hmm. and their pain and, and things like that. So I think that's partially that motivation there. It's like, all right, what's going to bless this person? What's going to end up in blessing? You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you for joining us again. Um, I will wait for the questions to come in and we will do a Dear Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Um, Thank you to everyone for joining and listening to us again. I know that that you're really loving and getting a lot out of this series. And so we've got a couple more episodes to go. We'll see which way it goes after this. Not sure. Nikki and I have to have a chat. Russian roulette (laughs) all right Uh, but everyone have a fab week and um, come and touch base with us on social media and we'll see you next week bye guys bye make sure you come and find me on social media girlnextdoor.podcast